0: Hi, this is Sensei James Leonelli from Sensei's Weekly Mindset, and I'm here to talk to you about BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball, soccer, and esports. Don't forget my personal favorite, MMA. We've got it all on BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, we can help you find those on BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. And don't forget, bet online for NHL, boxing, golf, and like I said, my personal favorite, the sport of MMA. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Sensei's Weekly Mindset. I'm Sensei James Leonelli, owner and head instructor of Tiger Shulman's here in Smithtown. As per usual, I'm joined by my furry co-host Slade, but this week I'm joined with an even more special guest, one of my best friends, head instructor of the Tiger Shulman School in Rigo Park, Sensei Mike Stein. Sensei, please say hello.
1: Hey guys, how you doing? Excited to be here. Yeah,
0: so Sensei and I have been friends for decades now, so it makes me hurt. A little bit in my brain to say that out loud, that it's been like two decades that you and I have been friends. we training partners for years, one of my main training partners. We always are bouncing ideas off of each other. Uh, yesterday, we had the pleasure of being a part of Challenge Champions 50. And for the first time in a long time, you and I were in rings like side-by-side, side, which was really cool to be able to bounce ideas off of each other. Tell me about your day yesterday. It was it,
1: Yesterday was great. Um, it's one of those days like where, you know – what does it say? Time flies when you're having fun. We started our first division a little early, 9.15. I look at my watch, it's new, and I'm like, it felt like, you know, time was flying by. We had, um, this, for me, yesterday was the first time I've had kids divisions in about 10 years. We've been doing adults for the past 10 years, and uh, I really miss doing the kids. The kids are a blast. They're a lot of fun, good energy, and, um, you know, all great kids, the, the level of kids, again, I haven't done it in 10 years. So my point is the level of the, the training, the, the the competition that these kids are amazing. I forgot how good these kids are, cause you know, you're doing the adults. And I was used to the adults for 10 years and I'm getting back into the kids. It was very impressive.
0: The yeah, level, of Absolutely. Every year I'm blown away by how good it's funny. The beginners are always pretty good. The advanced have always been amazing. It's that intermediate level where I seem to see the biggest growth in our student body, that, that middle of the rank. That's where we see those kids where suddenly it's like, Oh my God, these kids are incredible. And I mean, I, I don't know about you. I got to see a ton of different age ranges, a ton of different experience levels in my ring. And we had some really amazing advanced divisions in my ring. As a matter of fact, one of your students la- uh, won my last advanced division of the day and uh, I forget the young man's name, but he was spectacular.
1: Well, he actually was my student. Uh, his name is Amir. He was a student of mine until Brown Belt, and then his family moved to Philly, so now they train in Cherry Hill. But he fought one of my current students, whose name is Andy. They knew each other when they were kids, hadn't seen each other in like five years, and I guess that was their reunion.
0: Yeah, exactly. They're like, fighting.
1: Yeah. I hate to watch that.
0: Yeah, that was a really, really, really great match to match. Amir, first off, what a kind and respectful kid. He's on the ground. He's, he's throwing his strikes. And I've warned the kids beforehand, you know, make sure you keep your strikes in the front of the person's torso. And I'm like, oh, just be careful. Aim, watch the line. He goes, why would I break the rules? I'm like, man, what, what a what a confident kid. An absolute sportsman. I mean, these kids are trying to trying to win. They're trying to compete at their best. And yet still take the time to be so kind and confident. It just speaks to the level of character that these young men have. Which is just such an awesome, awesome things to, thing to see.
1: Yeah, I'll be honest with you. Not just I'm not saying this because I'm on your podcast, but the best division I had all day was a group of three intermediate girls. One of them was Gianna. All three girls, I they weren't wearing belts, and I literally said, "Is this an advanced division? Like, how many minutes is this?" He "This is an intermediate division. You know, three minutes or whatever it is." And I said, "These girls are good." There was one girl from Elmwood Park. Her father's the police officer that trains in Elmwood Park with the tattoos, big arms. Mm-hmm. She ended up in the division, but her and Gianna were the first match, and I was like, this was the best match of the day. Like, technical-wise, the combinations they were throwing, the defense, the checking, the blocking, I was like, these kids are good. Like, obviously, you know, divisions, you see a ton of offense, but the defense isn't really sharpened yet, but these girls were blocking, checking kicks, the movement was good, the combos were good. I'm like, that was that was my best division of the day. I had two advanced divisions with like that intermediate girls division. 13 years old, she
0: is. She's yeah, she's 12. Best division
1: of the day by far. 100 percent Great. It was, it was the best one.
0: Yeah, and she's honestly, she's had a great her her tournament story, is a great story for me because uh she was supposed to compete in our tournament that was canceled in 2020, and that was going to be her first challenge of champions. And then she was booked to, to fight last December. And last December uh they she's a big girl for her age she's not she's not obese she's just a big girl for her age so to find 12 year olds her size they couldn't find anybody and that first tournament back as i'm sure you remember was a little on the smaller side and the only in order to have her fight she either would have had to fight like adults which they weren't going to have a 12 year old that 11 year old at that time do or she was gonna have to fight boys which they weren't going to let an 11 year old girl do either So she had to bow out of that tournament, which obviously was a little heartbreaking because we always find that out a week or two before the tournament. She's done all this training work so, so hard. And then she went last year, uh, the the June tournament, excuse me, and she was able to compete in grappling and she did well in grappling. It It was her and one other girl in the grappling division and they had an awesome back and forth match, happened to be in my ring. And she wound up losing on points, but it was a back and forth match, really awesome. She left them out with a smile on her face. And then unfortunately, her kickboxing last year didn't go in her la- the last tournament, excuse me, didn't go in her way. Uh, she was fighting for third place. She, she threw a punch. The referee deemed it hit the face. She's like, no, I didn't hit the girl's face. She still clings it out to, uh, t- today that she didn't hit the girl in the face. Wines up getting disqualified. She was heartbroken by it. So if you recall, at a certain point, I walked over and I was a little stern with her. And yeah. I was stern with her because I was like, listen, if you got to lose, lose because the girl's better than you. Don't. Like, don't even make it a question. Don't leave that in your head that that maybe the referee made the wrong call. If you lose because the girl's better than you, lose because the girl's better than you. And afterwards, I, I believe she won third place, if I recall.
1: Yeah, she and, had great control, control.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. Right after that, I'm like, I went over to her. I'm like, look, if you got to lose, that's the way to lose. Lose in a great fight where maybe the girl's better than you, but there's no... There's no like question mark. There's no like, oh man, what if I didn't punch that girl in the face? That's a loss to be proud of. And then all of a sudden she's blocked up and she smiles. So I'm really that's a great experience that she had. I don't know about you, but I also had one of my, my young ladies compete in our special needs division. This is something we did started doing in the COC a few years ago. Um, and I'm just the biggest fan of it. I think it's just such a spectacular, spectacular thing because. I think every school in our organization has at least one or two, if not more, special needs kids, and you don't want to deny them the opportunity to compete. By the same token, you don't want to put them in a place where they're physically disadvantaged either. You know, there are certain kids, like I had a few kids in my ring yesterday who their parents later told me after the division that they were on the autism spectrum, but I wouldn't have been able to tell The young lady I compete, she's 16 years old, just had her sweet sixteen. But if you speak to Catalina, you would never know that she was 16 years old. Sweetest girl on the face of the planet. Loves to be like the center of attention and everything like that. <laughs> Whenever she demonstrates a class, she curtsies at the end of demonstrating. because she's just so loves to be the star. And uh, it was funny. When I talked to Sensei Pace after her match, who runs the special needs division, He he remembered her immediately. And she just had a blast. She comes running over to me afterwards. And, you know, they give the kids one match. And either they'll have someone who's of a similar uh, needs level or ability level work with them. Or they'll work with a neurotypical person who understands exactly what's going on and what this division is. And Catalina had the greatest experience. And I happened to look up at the big screens at a couple of points. And her father caught a couple of great pictures of her during the match. One of her one like a really perfect round kick, perfect turn, other hand up. Another one, she's throwing a Superman punch, and you could see the surprise on the other girl's face, like oh As the punch is coming at her, and kind of just runs over to me, gives me a big old hug. Sensei, I did it again! I did it again! Just so exciting! Just so, uh, just such a great experience for her. She gets to get out there on the stage and everything, and I, I was so thrilled that it had that it happened. It, it, it happened the way that it did. Have you had any experience with the special needs division, or ki- any of your students in it?
1: I haven't actually. I have not. I have one kid. But uh, he just uh, wasn't ready to do it just yet. But hopefully, yeah. next time, he'll be involved.
0: Yeah, see, it was funny. When we did it about a year ago, was the fir- our first tournament back, I thought of Catalina immediately, but I knew she wasn't quite ready that first time. But she went six months ago, and she was so happy that she did it. And then this time it's funny. She like was starting to build it up in her head. She, she was telling me because Catalina is intelligent enough to understand that she's different than other people and so forth. And she's like, you know, last time I went with the typical and I'm worried that I might go with a typical again and maybe they might beat me. And I was like, well, Kata, that's why you have to train really hard and, and stay focused and make sure that you're putting your best effort into class and all of that. And she went and like I said, she had a, a wonderful experience any other instructor that winds up listening to this interview, if you're wondering whether or not you should send your special needs kid to this this division, definitely do. Uh, it's always a great experience in, in terms of what I've experienced.
1: And how many matches did Channel need to have?
0: Just one. But that one, that's all she needed, man, to feel like a star. To, like, she's running around at the match with her hands pumping in the air. You know, that's all that that's all that she needed to feel like a star. And what's great is she's such a fixture in our lobby. Her mom trains. Her dad trains. He was our winner of our 90 day challenge last year. He was one of the, the, the top 14 in, in, in the organization uh, for men's over 35. And so they're a fixture in our school. They know all the other kids. They were there all day. They were going around from ring to ring, cheering for people. I had one of uh, my young lady students in my ring and I look over and there's like my whole school and then Catalina with her mom and her dad sitting there and they're cheering crazy. Uh, for the young lady in my ring who put on a spectacular performance, wound up winning first place. Did you have any of your students in your ring? We had one, only one. And he did
1: great. It's, I, it, it's so hard to judge your own student because I want to judge it fair. I want to judge you. Actually, I'm sorry, I had two. One of them, unfortunately, he lost the first match and uh, the he's a teenager. But my younger student, his name is Reagan, he ended up getting second place. So that was good. But again, you know, you don't, it's, I almost feel like I don't want to judge it because I want to just be fair. But we were fair. You know, he, I, he clearly won the first two matches, last match. He clearly lost and uh, it went really well. They were happy.
0: Yeah, exactly. See, and that's a wonderful experience because the first competition is a nerve wracking experience anyway. Yeah. But now he gets a little bit of those nerves to go away because he looks around and sees nothing but familiar faces when he gets to the ring which is such a, such a spectacular thing, you know, and I, I wanted to get into the tournament itself a little bit more, but before we do, let's talk about productivity and creativity. If you're like me, you're always trying to do more, more efficiently and do it at a higher quality. So let me introduce you guys to something that helps me magic mind. I take it because it's easy to incorporate into my morning routine. It's a simple one ounce shot taken right alongside my morning coffee, and it helps me with my creativity big time. Each shot contains a combination of 12 active ingredients designed to stimulate focus, creativity, energy, and motivation while decreasing stress and oxidation. And for guys like you and I, Sensei, it helps to to relieve post-exercise soreness. So for your daily dose of Majka Nootropics Adaptogens, go to magicmind.co slash Sensei. Use promo code Sensei for an additional 20% off of a single purchase. But if you subscribe, you'll get 40% off of your first subscription. Once again, that's magicmind.co slash sensei. Use promo code sensei for an additional 20% off of a single purchase or subscribe and get 40% off of that first subscription. Magic Mind, do more, stress less. So let's talk a little bit more about why you and I have our students do the tournament. I think it's such a fantastic experience for so many reasons. And to me, and this is something that I really go over with my kids again and again and again in tournament training is that the tournament is about one thing more than anything else, in my opinion, facing fear. There are so many things in life that you are going to do that's going to make you fearful. You're going to have to give a book report in front of one of your classes. You're going to have to uh, give a big speech one time. You're going to have to stand up to a bully. You're going to have to go on a job interview. And all of these things are going to fill you with fear. And if you've never performed in the face of fear, you don't know how to handle it. It, it's, It's a foreign thing to you. And it's funny. We see that sometimes with our own students where they'll show up. Like I had one of my young men in my ring, and I could tell the day got to him a little bit. You know, he goes out and he's he's normally in class. He's one of those guys that just like you said, offense like crazy, maybe not the greatest defense, but offense like crazy. And he wasn't. He's was on one punch, one kick at a time, to the point where his dad, his stepdad's like, Doug, what are you doing? What? <laughs> what is it? The fear got to him a little bit. That's okay though. Because he's going to keep going back to this experience. He's going to face the fear. And when he faces things in life later on, that give him even more fear. He's not going to be in such a shocked situation because dealing with fear won't be a new thing to him. So, Sensei, what are the reasons, what are one of the reasons, I should say, that you send your students to the tournament?
1: Well, I'll piggyback on what you said. I always tell them it's, it's not about winning and losing. And look, when I first started competing, for me, I hated losing more than I liked winning. So for me, it was all about winning and losing. And then I realized with that kind of mindset, and if you put that type of intensity into your first match, you're either going to lose or you're going to be exhausted after the first match. So it's more about being able to handle that pressure, right? That's what I tell the parents. Listen, when they have a big test, you help them study. They have a big project. You help them with it. I go but you can't help them today. All the pressure's on their shoulders. Allow them to deal with that pressure, right? The best way to get over fear is to face it, right? So the more opportunities we have to put them in a situation where they feel that pressure, then they're gonna be able to deal with it better. And again, that translates like you said, whether you have to do a presentation in front of your class, right? Whether you have to do a job interview, if some kid in school tried to start a fight with you, you know, all these different situations I think, lend, I think the tournament lends to helping them build confidence in so many other situations. And it's, again, it's, it's not about winning and losing. It's about. Go, I always tell the kids, just go in there and do your absolute best and let the chips fall where they may. Right? You can't be upset with yourself. As long as you try your best, whatever happens, happens. Because if you get too wrapped up in the winning and losing part about it, I feel like it messes up in your mind. Just go in there and do what you're trained to do.
0: Exactly. What I tell my students is very similar. I said, the only loss that day is if you lose to the fear. If you get out there and you lock up and you walk off the mat and you say, man, the fear beat me, not even that other kid. Those are the, the those are the ones that haunt you a little bit. Those are the ones that make you want to say, okay, I got to get back in there in six months. And this time I have to win. And it gets you a little too wrapped up in the winning and losing, like you said. Uh, one of the other things that I think it speaks to uh, um, a lot is it shows a parent what their kid's reaction is in that fight or flight kind of moment in that moment where like you said in self-defense a kids tries to start a fight with them we know physiologically that some people are going to freeze up some people are going to fight back some people are going to be able to just perform really really well and a lot of that has to do with their brain being able to say i've been here before so by doing the tournament it prepares them even better for self-defense we always say sparring or free grappling is the most realistic way to practice. To me, this is the most realistic test of what are we gonna do in that moment. So are there any other reasons that you think that the tournament is a great experience for your kids?
1: Well, I agree with you also too, right? Like, you know, I always tell kids, like if, if I have I've had kids that have gotten, you know, getting bullied and I'll tell them, what could this bully do to you that doesn't happen to you every time you come into class? Do you think this bully is better than these kids that you've been training with for years? And they're like, no. So in their mind, they start to understand, like, what what, what could this kid do to me? I go, it's only you spar four, five, six rounds in a row. We're talking about 10, 20 seconds. But what the good part about the tournament, the element is they don't know that other kid. In class, sometimes kids that have been trained together for years become friendly, they become buddies. But when you go in the tournament and you don't know that kid, that increases the level of fear because you don't know how good they are, how long, you know. There's so many different things that go to your mind when you have an opponent in front of you that you've never seen before. So I think it's great for that. I also think it's great too, because look, we have, Tiger Showmans has the best instructors. Tiger Showmans has the best kids. I know if I send my kid, one of my students to the COC, and let's say he gets hit in the stomach and the wind gets knocked at him, I know that that other instructor is going to encourage him to finish. I know he's going to give him every opportunity to do his best. I know he's going to keep it safe. You could feel comfortable. Unfortunately, you know, some other tournaments, I don't know. They don't know the kid. They're just there for the day to collect their 100 bucks. And you know what I'm saying? I feel that our tournament is, and I've spoken to many of parents. I was sitting down yesterday having breakfast next to a parent where his kids competed in wrestling. He takes them to all the outside jiu tournaments. And he said, Tiger, the COC is the absolute best and most organized run tournament he's ever been to. And he has three kids. They all won first place yesterday. They trained in a location. And they go to several tournaments. They travel around the country and do wrestling tournaments. And he says, our tournament is the best run tournament.
0: Absolutely. So I want to piggyback on two things you said there. We talked. You talked about the fear in that moment of that other kid. I don't know how good he is and everything like that. One of the other things that magnifies the fear a little bit, that turns that anxiety up, is if a bully is going to pick a fight with you, you don't know when it's going to happen. Right? It's not like it's not like you have a Google Calendar alert coming up on you know December sixteenth. Johnny's gonna punch me after history. I think right? six, seven,
1: 11
0: Exactly. But at the, with the tournament, you know December fourth, you have a date to go fight somebody, and it gives that extra level of anxiety. Sure, it gives you a great goal to train for, it. and whenever you have a goal, you always train a little bit harder. When there's something, uh, when there's something that's up on the horizon that you're training for, it's why when you get married. Right? People always get in the best shape when they're getting married because there's a date on the calendar that they're going to take pictures that are going to hang in their house for forever. Right? So people get an amazing shape for their wedding because they want those pictures to look good. Well, you're going to train super hard if you know there's a date on a calendar, you have to go fight somebody. And that anxiety builds more and more and more over time. Right? That night before, that week before can be very, very trying mentally, which is, again, another reason that facing this anxiety is such a such a big thing. But I also wanted to touch on what you said about outside tournaments. Now, you and I, we both competed in the COC a million times. I mean, I couldn't even tell you how many times I did the COC. Do you have any recollection of how many that you have? That you did? Many. Yeah, exactly. And, and I don't know about you, but I never won first place. I, the the best I ever did, I, I won third place a, a few times, but I never did any better than that. I, did you I, Did you win any COCs? I did win. See, I never won as, uh,
1: first place in kickboxing MMA, but I won first place in grappling a couple of times. And I, and I tell my students the first two tournaments I went to, I lost the first match Yeah. because again, my mindset was like this, like to me, I thought it was like a real fight. So I had to go as hard as I could. I was exhausted 30 seconds later, even all that training, but all the, you know, as you said, the, the, the pressure and the fear that's in your mind, that drains you, that takes energy away from you. And I lost the first two matches. And then I remember the first, Tournament that we did grappling. I won my first match, lost my second. I was the happiest person in the world. Like, I just won the world championship. Yeah. And, as, you know, as the more I did it, the more I, the more comfortable I got, the more I was able to relax and stay cool in the beginning. Again, I was a beginner. So there was a lot of, uh, how do you say, it, brawling, not not a lot of technique. So, and then that's what I tell parents too, like, you know, listen, if, it takes time, like anything. You have to do it. The more you do it, the better
0: you get. Exactly. I, I was the same way. I, I still remember my first COC. I remember who my referee was. Honestly, he's one of my main training partners now. I think you know who I'm talking about. Sean Godhoffer was my referee. I still remember that vividly. And I remember I back then, the intermediate division was green belt to brown belt. And I had mm-hmm. somehow gotten all the way to brown belt without my sense of ever really saying, like, you needed to do the tournament. You need to go do the tournament. And he finally came to me when I was a brown belt. He's like, you've never competed in your brown belt. You need to go and compete. And he talked to me about the fear and the anxiety and everything, but I didn't really understand. I was like a 16 year old kid, 15, 16 year old kid. And I remember looking across the ring and the other kid and thinking, well, he's a green belt and I'm a brown belt. So of course I'm going to beat him. And then Shion Godhoffer says, go. And I remember feeling like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> like, like all of the, energy just went out of me i didn't understand the fear response back then because even though my sensei educated me on it it was one of those things i was like yeah that happens to other people like you know when you're a kid you think you know it all and you think that oh i've been scared before but i've been like pop scared by a movie i hadn't been scared like that like that kind of fear before you know it was a lot different when you know the bully pushed me in the you know in the hallway and you know that whole thing lasted 10 seconds like i said there was no appointment on a calendar. And I wound up losing that first match, and it was I didn't win until I was in the black belt division. Actually, but you're right. I, I started winning in the black belt division, and I, I I won some some of the. I took third place a time or two in the uh, MMA division. I took third uh, once or twice in jujitsu. But then you and I, we, we both went. We competed in outside tournaments, Nagas Grapple Quest. Both you and I, for amateur kickboxing bouts. You went on to fight pro MMA and a whole bunch of other stuff. But you're right. I've been a, a part of a lot of amateur shows and kickboxing. We've been to a lot of outside tournaments. I'll never forget Dylan Cintron. You know, Dylan Cintron, one of my, my black belts. I remember the day he took his black belt test. He and I went to the black belt test, took the black belt test. He was non-phased out of the black belt test, as Dylan tends to be about everything. just going, yeah, it's going to happen, whatever. <laughs> All right. And uh, we're driving back and in Hempstead, there was a grappling tournament that day. And for the life of me, I can't remember the name of the tournament right now, but we go in he's like, let's go see how our students are doing. Cause we had sent a couple and there were other students from some of the other schools and I walk in and though it wasn't a Tiger Shulman's tournament, what had happened was all the Tiger Shulman staff that was there just took over the tournament. Cause it was being run so shoddily there the divisions were a mess weigh-ins were a mess. Everything was just a mess. And like the, the wait time to compete was like multiple hours. Like they were supposed to kick off at like nine in the morning and we were getting there and it was like 11 and they were just having their first matches of the day. But that's not atypical. That's what a lot of our outside tournaments are like. They're not as organized as systematic as the challenge of champions is. And like you said, it's our brothers. It's our fellow instructors. It's the other amazing instructors and Tiger showmans who are the referees and the officials. I remember taking my kid to a Naga and watching him have another kid in a submission in a rear naked choke. And he's bringing a kid up and the kid is reaching back like he's going to tap. And then all of a sudden his arm starts to fade. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, this kid's going to choke another kid unconscious. And thankfully, the kid tapped the mat. Because I know my my boy that I brought to that CO, to that outside tournament, he was such a good-natured kid. If he had choked somebody unconscious, he would have never been the same. Like it would have affected him because he's such a kind person, it would have affected him for a really long time. But thankfully it didn't turn out that way. But those referees, they don't care about the kids like our instructors care about kids. I don't know about you. I had a couple of kids yesterday, got the wind knocked out of them and, and so forth. A couple of them were old enough where I'm you okay, bud? And like, you know, a couple seconds later, they were fine. And I had a couple where I got down on one knee and I had a nice little chat with them and they finished their match. You know, I- I'm sure you had that same experience yesterday.
1: Yeah, I had it twice. Yeah. The kids ended up finishing and they left with a smile. It was a good
0: exactly. day. Exactly. It was a good day. Exactly. You know, like I said, I don't know that other outside tournaments would do the same thing. Or like, I know in my ring, if I have a kid with a runaway lead, where they're leading and grappling by like 15, 20 points. I don't put it. I'll collect how many points I have. I'll have my table. They're writing it down, but I'm not putting it on the board. So that way the kid comes gets up and feels defeated. The one thing I was telling every parent that came in my ring is I'm going to make sure they leave the mat feeling positive and with a smile. I just need you to make sure they continue to walk out the door with that smile. Uh, And I'm sure your ring is very much the same. Absolutely. Like I said, uh, like you said, and I'll piggyback off it. I feel safe sending my students to the challenge of champions because I know every instructor there cares like they're their own students. And that's, to me, that gives me peace of mind. I, I hesitate sometimes to send people to outside tournaments, even though the competition experience, like we talked about, is great for them, but the lack, maybe lack of safety or maybe the lack of organization, I feel like might turn them off of the, the competition experience, but I would, I send a bunch of kids every year. I know you, you always send like an army of kids to, <laughs> and adults to the CSE. Do you ever remember how many competitors you have this time?
1: This time was actually a little bit lighter. Um, more kids than adults this time. We had 30, uh, 32
0: competitors. That's still a, a tremendous amount. And you know, you, it's funny. Your kids are always really good. And I can always, I can always tell the ones that uh, uh, you're the instructor in your school, Joshua Blade, that he teaches because they all move like him. They'll have the bounce in their step just like him. Uh, the, the gentleman who you mentioned before, Ray, I believe he said it was, who took second place in my M- MMA division. I asked Andy. him, like, Andy, that's right. I'm sorry. i I'm like, where are you from? He goes, Rego Park. I'm like, I could tell. I see the blade and how you're moving. Yes. <laughs> and he, he smiled and laughed at me. But it, it, <laughs> yeah, he, it, and he was a great natured kid, very skilled martial artist. And that's the other thing is we get to get exposed to the best of the best in the organization. And that, that's really, really cool. I don't know about you. I had a bunch of my students find other instructors, uh, take pictures with them. Like Gianna, who you mentioned earlier, she got a shirt and she was having anybody whose name she knew sign the shirt. I saw Tiger Shulman signed it. She had me sign it. She had Joshua Diana from Syaz that sign it. She had a whole bunch of people sign it. Even like um recently in my school, I sent out uh, the video that was done on Sensei Marchand, Moment of Truth. Him and uh, her, Gianna and one of the other girls found Sensei Marchand took a picture with him, like, we watched your story. Like, they, they were all excited to meet him, and they got his autograph on the shirt, too. It's such a great day. I think it, I had one of my helpers in my school there for the first time, and he's, I just I love the energy. It's so great here. It's it's so spectacular. Like, he was very excited to be there. It seems like you always have a packed table full of staff, and they're always so energetic and so positive.
1: Yeah, we have fun. Also, too, so a lot of students go in there for the first time, and I don't think they realize how big Tiger Shulman's is. Regal Park, where you train, is one location. We are one school with 40, how many locations?
0: I think we're up to 50 now.
1: Okay, so up to 50, well, one school with 50 locations, we're just one of them. They they, they have no clue how many people were gonna be there that day. And how, you know, of course, obviously how professional everything is. So it's good, I think if anything, um, after a student goes there, they come back more excited.
0: Exactly. I had a young man and it's funny. It's a kind of an interesting situation. His older brother is a black belt in the Englewood school uh, from his father's first marriage. And Luke is in my school. He lives with his dad out by me. And the brother who's a black belt comes out every uh, couple of weekends, takes a class with me, helps out in the class. is a really good kid. And ironically, I had the older brother in my ring six months ago as, as one of the competitors. And I got to meet his mom for the first time and, you know, tell her what a gentleman her son is and what a pleasure it is when he comes out to the school. And now the little brother was in his brother's instructor's ring. So he got to meet all the people that teach his big brother. And he lost his first match, but he comes over, he's all smiles. I got a wonderful email from his parents this morning telling me what a great experience it was and, and how much it did for Luke's confidence and so forth and things like that. That's why I send kids to the COC because he was, he, he got like, his parents got the message. And it's funny, even his older brother was a black belt. I asked them at our last COC meeting. I said, Luke, how many tournaments has your brother done? And before I could finish answer, asking the question, Luke says, well, he's done seven, but he's never won any. <laughs> and I was like, Luke, you know, you have to live with this guy for the weekend, right? <laughs> nonetheless, Dean was all smiles about it. And it, again, it continues to be a great experience. Kids continue to grow from it. And I think it's a wonderful thing. It, I always say COC June, COC December, my two favorite days of the year. And I, I think I, I, I don't stand alone when I say that.
1: It's a good time.
0: Absolutely. So Sensei, unless there's anything else that you have to say about the tournament or why you have your, your kids compete, I, I think we put a, a really nice review together about the COC and why we send our kids. Is there anything else you want to say about the tournament?
1: No, oh, the tournament was great. And um, I just want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to come
0: on this podcast. Hey man, I, I it's funny. You and I talked about doing a Tiger Showman's podcast many years ago, long before I ever started doing this. And we kind of like organized a plan and we talked to some people who we thought would be good at doing it, and they kind of it never really went anywhere. And then another Tiger Showman's podcast was kind of played out for a little while and that never really happened. And then I kind of just a couple of years ago said to myself, you know what? I love podcasting. Like I love to listen to podcasts. I'm just going to do this. And you were like a- among the, one of the, the first people to encourage me. And the fact that it's taken me 150 episodes to get you on here, that's my, <laughs> I should have gotten you on here sooner, but I'm sure 90 day challenge coming up. You always have a fantastic representation with the 90 day challenge. I'd love to talk to you about that as we get closer to that. Um, awesome. Definitely do that again. Uh, so Santa, you want to give out your school's website and social media for anybody who might be in the Rego park area.
1: Yeah, if you're on Queens Boulevard in Rego Park, 97-27 Queens Boulevard, uh, it's at TSMMA Rego Park. And um, anyone that is listening to this, anyone that's a Tiger Shulman student or not, you're welcome to come visit anytime.
0: Yeah. And the website for Rego Park is tskregopark.com. Thank So. You. No problem. As always, you can reach me via email, SenseiLeonelli at gmail.com. On Facebook, I'm Sensei James Leonelli. On Twitter and Instagram, I'm at Sensei underscore Leonelli. You can find my school on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tiger Shulman Smithtown. Twitter and Instagram is at TSMMA underscore Smithtown. You can find us online at TskSmithtown.com. Find out more about the Tiger Schulman's organization as a whole, not just these two great locations, at TSK.com. You can find the podcast online at Sensei's Weekly Mindset. You can find everywhere I am on the internet at my link tree, linktr.ee slash Sensei Leonelli uh, And that's where you can find everywhere I am on the internet. So until next time, my friends, thank you, Sensei, for your time. Thank you for the great content. I'm sure everybody will love to hear what, what both of us had to say about the tournament. So. As always, guys, please make sure you guys leave a rate and review, subscribe, get your new episodes every Wednesday, and most importantly, share the podcast. The more people that listen, the happier a camper I am. So until next week, my friends, invest in yourselves. I'll see you guys on the mat.